How much time each day do you spend managing your personal or business calendar? 15 minutes, a half an hour, maybe more. Is the conference room available for next week's meeting? And how many people do you have to ask to find out? Have you ever misplaced or, worse yet, lost your day planner or handheld device? And what do you do about that missing information? Do you own or operate a salon or carpet cleaning business? How about a realty office or any one of a thousand other service-based organizations? Can your customers make their appointments even when your office is closed? If any of this sounds familiar, then Schedule Online is the solution for you. For more information, call toll-free 888-668-3355. That's 888-668-3355. Or visit us online at www.schedulonline.com. Before we return to our riveting drama, our sponsor insists that we listen to a radio show about television. I'm Jim Benson, host of A Different Sort, as I direct you toward a galaxy of TV memories guaranteed to leave you spellbound while I present many of the greatest legends in television history on the TV Time Machine, every Wednesday beginning at 4 p.m. right here on World Talk Radio. World Talk Radio, bringing the world to you. To speak with our show hosts or guests during the live show, call us toll-free in North America, 888-514-2100. Everywhere else, call 001-858-268-3068. Radio. I'm Jerry Prokopovich, and today we have the unusual opportunity to ask some questions directly of Abraham Lincoln, 16th President of the United States. Mr. President, are you still with us there at the Telegraph office? I, I certainly am. That's great. Let me ask you if you can, uh, I know it's a new kind of device, uh, but the, the current telephones we have require you to uh, speak somewhat louder or, or hold the, the lower end, the, I don't know how to describe it, uh, uh, the, the bell-shaped tube. Oh, yes, I see. Is this better? Yes, that's much better. Thank you, Mr. President. Now, we were uh, talking uh, about George McClellan and the the issues of the war, but I wanted to uh, ask you some questions directly. Uh, perhaps these may seem impertinent, uh, but here in the 21st century, in my own uh, professional life, I am working on a book of questions and answers about you, the kinds of questions people ask. And one of the first questions people want to know when when your life becomes a subject of conversation uh, is uh, what uh, what's with Miss, Mrs. Lincoln? Um, how is Mary doing? Well, as you say, some, some questions do border on, um, shall we say, delicate issues. Mrs. Lincoln has been a an amazing help to me throughout my life. I she was raised in one of the finest homes in Kentucky and I was a poor nobody when she found me and I fell hopelessly in love with her and she's just as handsome a woman today as she was back then and I'm still just as in love with her as I was then. 
I have had two, very two of my children, and appear at work within a day or so and carry on as if nothing has happened. Um, she perhaps was not so fortunate as I in that department and uh, has been greatly abused by the deep sorrow which she has endured over this. But in some respects, has not as as well, it's not as well known that she began to come out of some of that sorrow by spending her time in the hospitals, putting together charitable gifts and baskets of food and sitting by the soldiers' beds and listening to some of their troubles and writing them, writing letters in their behalf to their wives and children. And um, some of that doesn't hit the newspapers as quickly as the fact that she has been devastated by the loss of her children. Um, Mrs. Lincoln has been a wonderful mother and wife to me. And it's hard for me sometimes to watch her suffer so much. But um, Washington is a very difficult place, and um, she has not done as well as we might have hoped she could do there. But I find her still admirably strong as much as she still suffers. Now, in terms of suffering from the uh, the many things that, that you have endured, you mentioned, of course, the, the tragic loss of your children, uh, for which you have everyone's deepest sympathy. Also, uh, the burdens of the war itself. The uh, Some people have said you have uh, what I believe they call uh, melancholy, uh, a, a melancholy temperament. Uh, do you uh, see yourself that way? Well, I used to get the hypo, I call it the hypo, but uh, and I have struggled with it. A friend of mine, um, the brother to James Speed, not as well known, but uh, he and I used to discuss these questions when we were young men and, and uh I told him fairly recently that uh, I think I've pretty well licked the hypo. Um, I have been placed in a position where I cannot really afford to dwell on my difficulties very long. And I have men working for me who sometimes um, need encouragement themselves. And so I, I try to keep things balanced as, as well as I might. I um, and, and Mrs. Lincoln does her best to make sure I eat properly and she'll take me away from my office, and I'm not always happy to do that, but then after a while I'll talk and converse and feel better about it. And, and she insisted that we go on drives every afternoon, and, and I'll admit that that helps me. Um, and then there are times when I just have to put the work away and have a good laugh and I'll open up a board or a copy of the NASB letters or some such thing that will completely divert my mind and, and have a great laugh. Sometimes I'll be lying in bed and I just I have to get up and tell somebody the story. And so um, 
I'll, I'll just go over to Nicolay's room and, and tell him what I've read, and, and we'll, we'll spend a half hour having a good laugh. And, and, I, and then I'm feeling more fit and, and whole and can sleep better. But um, Or we'll go to the theater or to have a concert. Adelina Patty uh, one time was scheduled to come, and it was right after our son had died, and, and she thought perhaps it would be better if she didn't, but I insisted that she come anyway. And so one has to learn how to divide one's time, but um, I, I try to keep a, a reasonable balance. Not always successfully. I think Mrs. Lincoln and I probably need to spend more time together. The war has not only divided the nation, but um, many homes are divided, and ours has suffered as well. But I, in a word, I, I think I've licked it pretty well. Well, you mentioned uh, uh, the old friend of yours, uh, the brother of James Speed, uh, Joshua Speed. Oh, yes. Um, which brings up uh, another question that I cannot bring myself to ask you, Mr. President. So maybe we'll. I'm, I'm hoping they have. I know uh, the man fairly well. <laughs> Goodness, we slept together for years. I ought to. Well, that's true. You, that that uh, became a well-known fact. I will be talking uh, later uh, this afternoon with uh, a, a student of your life, uh, Fritz Klein, who will be with us. And uh, perhaps I'll get to ask him uh, some well, other questions. That's standing right outside this office. I think that, he's waiting. That's probably him, a uh, uh, tall, uh, well, let me ask you one more question, and, and, and then we'll, we'll see if Fritz is available. Um, what, what do you see the future of the country after the war? How are we going to reconstruct the nation? Well, as I look at the difference between what I witnessed as a boy and what has befallen us since those early days, I am nothing less than astounded at the race of prosperity, uh, the coming of the iron horse and the, the, the steam engine and the telegraph. They're the marvels of the age, and I fully expect, if I live to see it, that um, the nation will experience more of the same. Um, I am looking forward to seeing the great cable uh, rediscovered across the Atlantic, and uh, perhaps sometime after the war, we'll have money and wherewithal to to reconnect. And um, when the new road to the West is built, I hope uh, that I will be on one of the very first passengers to the far West. Um, so I, I look forward to prosperity and uh, unparalleled um, personally. This is, is definitely something we, we uh, all hope will, will come true in the not-too-distant future. Well, the Mr. Cody at the moment is to restore the union so as to make it a union of hearts and hands as well as of states. If we cannot succeed in the present challenge, all of the bright prospects for the future will certainly be dimmed. And... and uh by and all the listeners wish uh, great success in doing that, in reuniting the country and uh, leading it to new prosperity. Well, I want to thank you for uh, joining us today on Civil War Talk Radio. Uh, if you wouldn't mind uh, on your way out uh, showing uh, Mr. Klein in. Uh, I would be most happy to, just a moment. Thank you.
Mr. Klein, are you still? Oh, thank you. Hello, uh, Fritz. Oh, hi, Jerry. How are you doing? Good. I didn't realize he was talking to you. Yes, yes. It's, it's good to talk to you again. We haven't uh, been in touch for a little while. Uh, you, you've been running the Abraham Lincoln Institute, I believe it is called, or the uh, Lincoln Institute for Education. Lincoln Institute for Education outfit in Springfield, Illinois. Yes. And uh, you've been teaching people, uh, school children, and, and people of every age about Abraham Lincoln for for how long have you been doing this? You know, the very first time I answered a casting call to do a Lincoln role will be 30 years from June, this coming June, 30 years ago. So for 30 years you've been... Lincoln is going to intrude upon my life as he did. <laughs> who, who would have known? And, and you, So you have been what, what is vulgarly called a uh, Lincoln impersonator. Yes. Uh, I, I, I believe started the... out thinking I was an actor. And then I discovered there were such things as impersonators, and now I are one. <laughs> exactly. Well, I th- first person interpreter or Lincoln presenter, or there, yeah. there are so many other oh, yeah. uh, fancy Depends terms. Where I but, am. Uh, but but to put it in, in in plain words, as Lincoln might have done, you put on the tall hat and the beard, yes. and you present yourself as Abraham Lincoln, as you've done yeah, uh, it's, very it's, successfully uh, for the last half hour with us here, uh-huh, uh-huh. and you. You, you bring the the people you're with back into the 19th century. Yeah. So you started this. You said answering a casting call, and then uh, it just just grew. How how did it become a full time uh, vocation? Well, in, in a couple stages. The uh, initially it was. Just and Fritz, I'm going to interrupt you again. If you can can get the volume up a little bit, it's it's hard okay. to hear. Okay, is this better? I'm in a room that is echoing, so it's a little much much better there. Okay. I had uh, several little uh, Veterans Day, Memorial Day type programs, 4th of July. I was in landscaping in Hawaii, but somebody saw one of them and invited me to participate in a summer theater program in uh, California. So I put together a a one-man show, a script that would take about an hour and a half uh, to perform, and uh, went out there, tried out, and the show was accepted, and did that for a summer in 79. Uh, somebody uh, in preparation for the 1980 elections saw that little show and asked me if I would consider getting involved in a coast-to-coast tour that was designed to get out the vote, which I ended up doing. Well, that gave me a drawer full of invitations, and I still have that same, well, not the same drawer full, but it's still full ever since. So from 1980 until the present, it's been uh, full-time, and I I uh, occasionally do other characters. I've got some possible ones coming up this summer, but, but Lincoln uh, still dominates, and... Uh, and that's that's good. I, I can't really think of another character I'd I'd rather do. <laughs> now I, I'm interested uh, in you and I have worked together. When I was at the Lincoln Museum in Fort Wayne, Indiana, uh, you did a number of uh, performances for the museum there. In fact, you were there just this past weekend, I believe. That's correct. And while I was at the museum, there were other Lincolns who we occasionally worked with. Uh-huh. Uh, sometimes a, a Lincoln and Mary combination, 
literally, it was not common, but it, it happened occasionally that uh, a Lincoln would just walk through the door in full 19th century outfit and ask if we wanted to hire him to uh, <laughs> work for us. Yes. That, that's not a good approach, by the way. Although. I know. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> but we saw a lot of Lincolns. The most famous occasion was, uh, I've forgotten the year, maybe 2001 or so, when the Daily Show uh, came to Fort Wayne to observe the annual gathering of the Association of Lincoln Presenters, yes. which has how many members now? Uh, I have no idea. I, I am actually not a member anymore. Really? But uh, I've never it, gone to a convention, uh, but I was a member for some years. And so you, you remember well the, the, the sight of, of 100 Lincolns in a room at a time. Oh, yeah, and... They they um, encourage that, uh, and so I've seen any number of pictures with um, many Lincolns standing uh, row after row like a choir, all dressed in black. <laughs> it, is, it is really uh, it, it is remarkable. We had quite a lot of fun when they were at the museum, and the Daily Show got some good video out of it. But the the thing I want to say, and not not to. Uh, uh, be over the top about it, but certainly you were the most effective Lincoln that I recall encountering in those days. And the reason is not because of the machine of your stovepipe hat or the luxurious growth of your beard or any of the, the physical details, but your knowledge of what Lincoln might have said in a given situation. When when we were talking just now, those who, who know Lincoln's words would have recognized any number of quotes from Lincoln that you worked into your conversation. Yeah, I was. I can do that usually. How, how did you How did you come to be able to do that? That's my question. Well, I've read through his collected works any number of times um, and studied it fairly carefully enough that I can field questions such as yours and even constitutional questions and very fairly difficult ones. There are times when you're in, for instance, you asked me things about his wife. Well, propriety at the time would dictate that he would give that sort of a non-answer. Um, you know, I have my opinions about her, but he, they're not things I would say in first person. So sometimes you're a little bound, too. <laughs> That's right. You have to answer within his limits. Yeah. The music's coming up again, which tells us we're going to take a short break. When we come back, maybe we can talk about some of those less uh, proprietary questions, uh, less polite questions. Uh, now that we're out of the first person, sure, and, that's fine. Your views on that. We'll be back with Richard Fritz Klein, Lincoln presenter on Civil War Talk Radio.